0: How easy do you think it would be to find yourself coming back from an accident such as a broken back? It makes you think. Now, Neil Cooper broke his back in an accident and he's now running marathons and taking part in strongman events. He's also written a book about his life from the accident to the present day and he joins me in the studio now. Good evening, Neil. Hi, Clive. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Now, look, to damage your back is quite catastrophic anyway in life because it carries all the nerve fibres up through the spinal cord so tell me about the accident
1: and what actually happened to start with so uh, originally i am um, i got up one morning and uh, the bottom two discs in my back both slipped out um it was sort of mid-february mm. time um and was having snow and frost and ice at the time um and I thought it'd be a good idea then to kind of have a snowball fight with my um, children at the What time.
0: year was this, by the way?
1: Uh, it was the year with all the icicles. It was like 2006, that year. Um, so we were out playing. And I, I managed to slip in the ice, fell over. And the base of my back um, landed on the kerb. Um, yeah, just instant pain. And um, I obliterated the whole of the bottom of my back... Um, when I went for a scan, you could just see, like, hundreds of uh, tiny little pieces. At the Where the base of my um, spine used to be. Right. And um, that severed the sciatic nerve as well at the time. Um, yeah, so... I bet you didn't say, oh dear, did you?
0: Words to that effect, yes. I won't repeat on radio. So, I mean, how on earth do they go about rebuilding that? I mean, because your treatment programme must have been extensive.
1: Yeah, so I had, um... Plenty of scans, a um, lot of painkillers, um, lots of physio, uh, lots of hard work. Um, and in the end, they had to cauterize the sciatic nerve, so there was no, no repair in the damage. Um, I'm actually three inches shorter now than I was at the time.
0: But you're pretty tall
1: anyway, to be fair. Yeah, I'm six foot three now. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just, just shy of six foot six before the accident.
0: And what surgery did you have?
1: It was, um, they literally just quarterized the uh, sciatic nerve, so it was just a needle in the base of the back. Um, there, was, there was
0: nothing there to actually fix. Right, okay, so the damage that was done, that, that sort of rebuilt itself over time yeah, then? Yeah, yeah, so the, there's still pain there, like
1: every, every day I've still got the you Still.
0: Do you take anything for that? No, not now.
1: I go to the gym, that sort of keeps it, it's building the muscle at the base of the back. But I guess the painkillers are an option should you need them. Yeah, yeah. If I needed
0: to have them, yeah. So, from when from when you had the accident to when you were pretty well near normal as possible, how long did that take for
1: recovery? Uh, it was just short of twelve months. So I, I, it was the the following January when I went and had it quarterized, and then there was there was a, a week or so for it to to kick in and start working before I could start getting back to uh, not being in as much pain. Um, but I, I did lose. I lost most of the muscle in my left leg. So even now, uh, uh, calf muscles are different shapes and sizes. So what impact did that
0: did that have on your life in that 12-month period? Uh,
1: I was in pain 24 hours a day. I could just about walk. Um, I, was, I was still going to work every day and taking the kids to school it was everything took significantly longer to do even just standing up and sitting down was a was a problem originally
0: so you weren't at home on your own was your partner with you at the time no i was a single parent at the right, time okay gosh so that that so what support did you have from family
1: yeah my uh, parents were always there for me help helping out um like they, I, I, you know the I'd take the kids to school and then I was working five days a week anyway and then sort of resting up mm. as much as I could. Now, you work for
0: a local authority as a payroll manager and you were telling me earlier on that you work from home. Were you working from home in those days or were you having no. to go to your office? No, I was having to go to so the office. So that must have had its challenges too.
1: Yeah, I'm very fortunate. It's Well, now it's a 10-minute walk, but it was a sort of 20, 25-minute hobble back then. But yeah, so I had to walk walk there and back every day.
0: How supportive were your employers?
1: Oh, they were they were brilliant. Yeah, I mean they let me go. You know, I had scans and appointments left, right, and centre, and they were they were completely supportive of it.
0: So, how did your life change then after the accident? So after the accident,
1: it was because I was always sort of sporty, but not to the extent I am now. So it's almost like being given a second chance which i think i say that in the book it's you know it's like a second chance for me to have a go at things so i, I thought I'll, I'll start i'll try gym stuff and maybe a bit of running and cycling and see where it takes me but what inspired you to
0: do that yes it's your second chance but you know did you wake up one day and think right i'm gonna have to do
1: something about this yeah you know, I, I just wanted to get fit it, it was a uh, the main thing I just wanted to try and get fit and fit and strong and, and try and do something myself to stop the pain, as it were, and also build up that muscle mass as well. Yeah, I, I needed to rebuild. How Re- difficult was that to do? Uh, it was difficult at first. Um, so, I mean, I don't I don't use a gym or like, I don't have a coach or anything. So, I've had to sort of teach myself. It's sort of finding something that works for me. Mm. So, what works for one doesn't always work for somebody else. No, that's right. So it's a case of, yeah, trying to, <coughs> trying to find me. something that worked for me and then obviously work around having two young children and a job. But I bet they looked after you as well.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Of course they <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> so when and where did you run your first mile then? Because you were obviously motivated, as you say, to get fit and, and be more active. So when when did that penny drop that you were going to do that?
1: I literally just got up one day and put the trainers on that I had in the house and thought I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and run. Uh the first time I went out I think it was about a quarter of a mile and I was so out of breath when I got back I thought I don't like this feeling. I don't like being unfit. So I just try and push just an <clears> extra <throat> couple of yards every time I went out. And uh, I still doing that now. And how long did that take you to actually get to, to, to running that mile then? To running the first mm. mile. Probably a, a good couple of months. They're so trying to just build it up gradually and then trying to find out where like a half mile is from my house, so I could just gotta go there and
0: back. But of course you see, it's not only the physical side of this that you needed to develop, it's your mental state, your mind yeah. as well. That how difficult
1: was that to do? That is more difficult, it's um, excuse me. It it's trying to find the balance of pushing yourself but then being mentally strong enough to be able to push yourself as well so it's all like go hand in hand so you'll you'll sort of start at the beginning then once you get to a mile then you have to say right okay the next step is let's run two miles and then build that mental strength to push your body through the pain and through the breathlessness Mm. to get to that two miles And, and then again then you get to two miles and then you find your next marker then and just just keep going, but again, it's an amazing sense of achievement, isn't it really to you know to
0: do that and you you have every right then to sit back and say, "Gosh, I've done my first mile oh yeah,
1: definitely, yeah, the, the first mile when you when I got back I was just absolutely amazing, I and mean, it, it's they, they call it a runner's high when you when you you do things, and it it quickly becomes very addictive, that feeling.
0: I mean, I take my hat off to you because, you know, I can't run a bath. I think that's the only thing I do run, really. Um, how well are you running now, then?
1: Uh, so now I can I could get up in the morning and go and run a half marathon. Um, like you do? I should, yeah, I should, I should do, yeah. <laughs> Just casually get up and run a half marathon. If I pushed myself, I could probably get to 18 or 19 miles if I wanted to. Um,
0: now, I'm, I'm, I'll come on to your strongman event in a moment, but have you actually done any sort of, you know,
1: 5K, 10K half marathons
0: through a lot of these running clubs that you see around the place?
1: Yeah, so uh, the first event I ran uh, was the Timber Hunger in Bromsgrove. That's a 10K race. I think I've done that five or six times. And then I've, I've done seven or eight triathlons and a couple of duathlons and half marathons. Um, I've done Spartan Beast this year which is a assault course yeah anything i can get my hands on really it's a, it's mainly half marathons and i i have ran a marathon um i'm just toying with the idea of doing another one this year which one i haven't decided yet okay maybe worcester or stratford so i'll do a local one yes to, to where you live
0: yep. so how how do you feel now compared with back in 2006 okay that was a long time ago that sort of nearly 17 years ago
1: yeah it's no no comparison it's a completely different me back then I mean I was you know struggling to get up getting out of breath walking up the stairs and and now I I struggle to get out of breath these days I just go and run and cycle swim anything anything to get fitter and stronger
0: looking back on that time is there anything you would have done differently post the accident
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I've I've just sort of, I I did just sort of plod along for probably five or six years until I found what I really wanted to do. And then I I just fell in love with running and then, you know, you start getting the right kit and everything becomes a little bit easier, breathing becomes easier, which means then I can go to the gym, I can work better in the gym because I can breathe easier. And they, they just, the cycle just keeps going and going and going.
0: And again, I bet I mean, your, your family are proud of you, your children most certainly.
1: Yes, yeah, and my parents are uh, unbelievably proud.
0: And they have every right to be, don't they? Um, you know, I mentioned a second ago that you had done a strongman event. What's a yes. strongman event? I suppose there's a clue in the name, but just for anybody that's unfamiliar with that, principally
1: me, what does it involve? Yes, it, it involves picking up um, heavy things, moving them around and then putting them back down again. Such as? Uh, so the first event was uh sandbag carry. So you have three sandbags. There's a 50 kilo, 75 kilo, and 100 kilo. Uh, you pick the first one up, you run 25 meters with it, and you go back, get the second one, and then you run 25 meters with that, and then the third one, and run back with that. And then you have um, oh, the yoke carry. So you mm-hmm. pick up those, 190 kilos, I think, on your shoulders, and then you've got to run 20 meters with that. And Crumbs, right, okay. So,
0: other than sandbags, what things have you been lifting? Is it just sandbags that you've been... been At Strongman, using? it was... Yeah,
1: yeah it was, no, there was sandbags, and then there was the Atlas Stones. It's just a great yeah. big ball of concrete. And then there was, um, <coughs> like, a, a long bar with whites on So he just deadlifted that. Did you
0: see people running, towing HGVs or aircraft yeah, and things like that? I wonder if you'd
1: been, uh, you succumbed to that. No, there wasn't one of them there. It was just um, five events just literally just picking picking big heavy whites up
0: and i won good for you <laughs> and it doesn't come as any surprise <laughs> to be honest with you now okay so this all happened in 2006 so this this journey continues from then, then really up to the present day you decided then to translate this into a book which is called be stronger than your excuses why did you decide to write the book and document it in this way
1: but it it all come about um so over the last probably the last three years my half marathon time went from two hours 13 right down to one hour 37 um and obviously i was lifting lifting a lot heavier and everything just become easier and everyone was saying i don't know how you do it and i was always i'm just a bloke which is where the instagram come from the just a bloke thing and then I'd get all the time, you need to write a book, you do. You need to tell everybody how you've done this. And I was like, nobody's interested in that. Nobody's interested in me. I'm just a bloke. Anyway, I, and, and in the end, I just, I just sat down and put everything down. In, I mean, I, I didn't know how to write a book. I just wrote and sent it off to a couple of publishers. And I was lucky enough that they seemed to think it's a good idea. How easy was it to draw on your experiences to, to write that first draft? I mean, to be fair, it's quite simple because all I'm doing is is talking about me. So it was, there's the, the beginning part of the book is how the accident happened and and the recovery from that, and then it it goes on to you know running the first mile and stretch uh, stretching and picking up the first weights and and then moving on, and it 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 goes on then uh, you know how to train for a triathlon and how to train for a a marathon and all the training plans I've, I've put together over the years and, and I touch on nutrition as well but mm. like I say it's <clears throat> what works for me it doesn't work for everybody but no. I'm sort of hoping that my journey can become our journey for whoever's reading it. How did writing it help you? It, I suppose it, it made me stop and think about what I actually have done because I, I I don't think about that because I just get up and and do it without thinking, especially these days over the last couple of years where it's I've certainly gone from you know zero to a hundred, but yeah it, it does make you stop and think when you read it that actually do you know what I've I've got up and I've I've done all that and I, I am proud of myself.
0: Yeah, you've achieved a, a tremendous amount yeah. really when you think about it. Um, what was it like then to? <clears throat> Excuse me. To put pen to paper or finger to keyboard, then I mean, how disciplined do you have to be to actually, you know, start that part of the project?
1: I think yes, yeah, starting it was the hardest bit. Like the first sentence: where where do I start and how do I do it? Because I mean, I I don't know how to write a book. So I, I work in payroll and I, I go out running. <laughs> I'm not I'm not an author, um, but yeah, it, it it just seemed to me, once the first sentence was there. It, it just flowed and it was just it was just like emptying my head onto a page because you wrote uh, from the heart that's why yeah yeah it was just yeah, it was just me being me I mean I, I write in the book I say you know we're, we're going to do this and we're going to do that I just I want it to read as a conversation I want you know if somebody if somebody just bought the book my Instagram account's in there if they want to get in touch with me for help then that's fine now you mentioned
0: earlier on that you you touch on nutrition in your book. what aspects yeah. of that do you explore
1: so it, it's it's more like how to how to deal with calories um what sort of foods you can eat, sort of how to eat when to eat, why we eat it i mean a, a lot of the majority of what I do is done in the kitchen really mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. eighty eighty five percent of everything is what foods I put into my body when I put it into my body. Somebody once said to me, you are what you eat. Yes. Is
0: that a fair assess- assessment? Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much, yeah. So if you put all the right stuff into your body and, and use it to your advantage, then you, you'll reap the benefits for it. Now, you've got a book launch tomorrow, haven't you? Yes, uh, Abbey Stadium in Redditch. have um, very kindly let me jump in on their open day tomorrow. So I'll I'll be there with... um, I'll have copies of my book with me um, if anybody wants to come along and buy one. I've also um, got some postcards with all the details on of how and where it can be bought. Um, It's actually available for pre-order now on Amazon if anybody wants to... So is that um, the way to get it then, through Amazon? I think uh, Mm -hmm. Amazon's the easiest way to get it at the minute, yeah. I mean, you can buy it direct from the publishers and I think there's a couple of other online shops, but I think 99% of the country shop on amazon don't they um so your book is called
0: be stronger than your excuses and it says from broken back to spartan beast yes i me. like that
1: and how much is the book neil uh, it's 12.99 uh, paperback and then it's 5.99 as an ebook. so
0: five well, so you can get it as an ebook as well yeah. that's lovely okay and so we can get that from amazon what's the
1: publisher's details uh so it's silverwood publishers so if you can get it direct from their website, uh, from the twenty fifth of January. That's from the twenty fifth of January. Yeah.
0: Neil, the very, very best of luck with the book. Thank you for thank sharing you. your story. It's fascinating, and uh, you know you have every right to be proud of yourself. Most definitely, Neil Cooper. Thank you very much for talking to Friday Night, Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 6pm. o'clock And if you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by me, Clive Payne, and produced by Andy Caddick.